Today is Saturday, February 2nd, 2019, and this is Radio Wave. This is Radio Wave with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. There is always a little bit more excitement to me for the second of the month because I like to give so much instructions for the day of non-believers. And it's always enlightening, and it's always of great interest. This morning, when I got early in the morning, I knelt down in my living room before the image of Our Lady above our fireplace and said, Speak to my heart what you want me to write about. And I began to write, but I didn't read the message. And I wrote probably for 20 minutes of just what came to my heart. And after a while, I read the message. And I was surprised how much it was in referencing how we look at the message and what it's about. Our Lady is that powerful. And in fact, in the message, she says, Jesus speaks to your soul. I speak. To your heart. That's the prayer I said before. Reading the message, Mary speak to my heart. So our lady gives us confirmation constantly how close she is that literally she does that. And that's not the only statement in what I wrote or what I prayed before, setting my eyes on the message. She preps us even weeks before, even months before, before she speaks a message. And it's confirmation. She's literally here to teach us, to lead us, and to instruct us. These things are not symbolic. These are not the things that we go back in past apparitions. I overheard someone talking about Fatima. We got to go to Fatima. We got to do this. Fatima is not in the picture frame of what God's delivering to us right now. We're in the time of what Fatima brought about. Leave John the Baptist. He's not worthy to unbuckle the straps of the Messiah. Am I saying Fatima is not worthy to be connected to Medjugorje? And now it leads to it. This is part of it. Fatima is part of Medjugorje. Medjugorje is not part of Fatima. Medjugorje's importance is not in submission to Fatima. That's an apt to a lot of Fatima devotees because they stay hooked on it just like they were with John the Baptist. Move on. Don't you recognize 37 years of apparitions every single day that this was all preparation for that? Just like John Baptist paved the way for Jesus. 
This is the pinnacle. This is the peak. This is the mountaintop. And you're not going there because you want to stay with Fatima. As I heard this conversation, it made me sick, really. Because people get locked in their devotion. And they don't know how to grow and prosper from that to what is the next thing. We saw that, again, repeating about John the Baptist. He sent John the Apostle away. But others didn't want to. And we see this. We're in a time that all past apparitions have led to what's happening now. Just like all prophets from the beginning in the Old Testament led to John the Baptist, which then birthed the coming of the Messiah. And few people recognize this. That's why Our Lady's apparition was on June 24th, the Feast of John the Baptist. That's not by accident. That's not by chance. And they gave this sign of her apparitions leading up to Medjugorje. And Lady goes on further to emphasize this by saying the official feast day of her apparition was the next day, June 25th. She was showing a cut from that first apparition. This is a clear sign that all past apparitions lead up to Medjugorje. We're in momentous moments right now, and very, very few people see that, and hardly anybody in the church sees it as far as in the hierarchy. They think it's just another thing, a message. The Medjugorje is in the shadow of Fatima. You are dead wrong if you're holding to this mentality. I'm not saying this to offend you. I'm doing this to challenge you, because if you look into it, you'll be grateful because the Blue Army, the Fatima people, helped birth Medjugorje. But we've got to move into that phase to understand the seriousness of these words, what Our Lady said today. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's February 2nd, 2019 message given on the day for non-believers through Mariana. Dear children, the love and goodness of the Heavenly Father give revelations which make faith grow for it to be interpreted that it may bring peace, certainty, and hope. In this way, I too, my children, through the merciful love of the Heavenly Father, always, anew, am showing you the way to my Son, to eternal salvation. But, unfortunately, many of my children do not want to hear me. Many of my children are of two minds. And I, I always, in time and beyond time, magnify the Lord for all that he has done in me and through me. My son gives himself to you and breaks the bread with you. He speaks the words of eternal life to you so that you may carry them to everyone. And you, my children, apostles of my love, what are you afraid of when my son is with you? Offer your souls to him so that he can be in them and that he can make you instruments of faith, instruments of love. My children, live the gospel. 
Live merciful love for your neighbors. And above all, live love for the Heavenly Father. My children, you are not united by chance. The Heavenly Father does not unite anyone by chance. My Son speaks to your souls. I speak to your heart. As a mother, I am saying to you, set out with me. Love one another. Give witness. Do not be afraid. With your example, to defend the truth. The word of God, which is eternal and never changes. My children, whoever acts in the light of merciful love and truth is always helped by heaven and is not alone. Apostles of my love, May you always be recognized among all others by your hiddenness, love, and radiance. I am with you. Thank you. Our Lady said today, He can make you instruments of faith, instruments of love. Twice mentioning that. It's a can be. It's not you are. Our Lady said years ago in 1995, a special message directly to us at Caritas because we reached a certain point that she said, I desire that through your lives, you are witnesses, that you are my extended hands, my instruments. Our Lady claimed us at that point, not that we can be instruments, that we have developed in our walk with the messages, following her, giving everything, one mind, one heart, one thought, that she could claim us. And she claimed us as her instruments. And she's been using us since that time. Our Lady's waiting for many people to come on board. She said, Unfortunately, many of my children do not want to hear me. She's not talking about just those people who are non-believers or those who do not know her. She says, Many of my children do not want to hear me. Many of my children are of two minds. And then she says, in the next sentence, she says, and I, and again she says, I. In other words, I twice, not two minds. I'm identifying as I, I. I want you not to be bipolar. We've got people today that's bipolar because many people are raised bipolar. Mom and dad is not one. If it was I and I rather than you and I, the children would be raised with one mind, one heart. But our lady says here, two minds. It's a direct attack on being bipolar. And I don't go with all the psychologist stuff. I go through the spiritual stuff. You got order in the family, and children can be one, not split within themselves, because do they go with the father? Do they go with the mother? What do they do with the strife? One says yes, one says no. The next day, the other says yes, the other say no. So they convenience themselves. They're going back and forth. Their minds are split. The way you're raised has a big effect. Our Lady is here to change those things. Our Lady said March 25th, 1997, ask of Jesus to heal your wounds, which you, dear children, during your life sustained because of your sins and the sins of your parents. Only in this way, dear children, will you understand this world is need of healing of faith in God the Creator. So this environment, that we're in with two minds, what is the lady talking about? 
in a message that Our Lady gave to Yelena, the interlocutions of Medjugorje, Our Lady says, Never permit for there to be able to exist in us two loves, that there can never coexist in us two faiths, and there can never coexist in us lying and sincerity, love and hatred, honesty and dishonesty, humility and pride. Of course, this is a prayer petition God so Our Lady is saying to say this prayer. But above that, it said, Our hearts are between you and Satan. Do not permit it to be like that. Every time our hearts are divided between good and evil, let them be enlightened by your light and let them be unified. Unity is what Our Lady is calling us to be. That's what every message is about. That's why you know somebody that you've never met before who is a stranger, that if they've been to Medjugorje, and you've been to Medjugorje, you're following the messages, then they're following the messages, you are immediately in kinship. Immediately you can say, hey, let's go have lunch together. Or you can fly around the world and meet them and spend the night in the house when you can't even go next door, much less around the world, and go spend the night with your neighbor. Have a conversation with them. Our Lady is uniting the world. She's imploring this for us. And the only way we can understand this is what I said, September 25th, 2000. Renew prayer in your family and form prayer groups. In this way, you will experience joy in prayer and togetherness. Togetherness is what she's trying to make out of the body of people today. And that's what this message was about. You be my instruments. Instruments of faith, instruments of love. Where does it go to from here? Our lady says something very profound. She says, the Heavenly Father gives revelations which make faith grow for it to be interpreted. Wow. We're not supposed to be interpreting Scripture. It's too dangerous for us lay people. We're not supposed to do that. It's supposed to be coming from the pulpit on Sundays. That's where we're supposed to be instructed. That's where we're supposed to be taught. That's who's leading us. And yet, our lady comes and says, for it to be interpreted. By who? You, the apostles. Why? Because it's not being interpreted properly. We had a clip of Cardinal Dolan of New York going on Fox News, and he was asked the question by an interviewer, and it's about this abortion thing where they're going to have abortion now in New York right up to the birth, even if it's being birthed, that they could still kill the baby afterwards. So the interviewer says to Dolan, the baby can be born alive and then they can terminate it. There are calls from people in the Catholic Church for Governor Como to be excommunicated. Dolan's response was, mmm. The interviewer then responds to his, mmm, from the Catholic Church. Dolan says, you're telling me I get wheelbarrows of letters every day. I think... That would be counterproductive myself, uh, for one. And then the interviewer intervenes and says, well, he's not following Catholic doctrine. So he interjects and goes to Dolan, and Dolan says to excommunicate him is counterproductive. How is it counterproductive? Why did the Catholic Church come up with excommunication? Because of the divine spirit. And because those punishments are necessary. They're self-inflicted. Como's already done that. But he's saying it's counterproductive. Really? 
you will be making an example for the next person that comes along. The Como got excommunicated. They may make the next person. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to get excommunicated. You got to make an example. So here's our leaders in the church saying, oh, it's counterproductive. So the interviewer, going back to him, he says, he's not, talking about Como, following Catholic doctrine. Dolan responds, well, I don't know if Catholic, uh, but there's my point. We would be giving ammo to our enemies who say this is an internal Catholic disciplinary matter. And he says a few more words, and he ends it like this. I think we'll be giving our enemies ammo. What kind of example is this? What kind of exercise in a church authority is this? The interviewer shoots back to Dolan stronger than what Dolan is. And the interviewer says to Dolan, but the Catholic Church Cardinal stands against abortion. And there is the most prominent Catholic in the state of New York. And he's saying that this is a good thing. Dolan responds, we have a governor that brags about it. We have a governor that uses his, uses his dissent from church teachings as applause lines. And Dolan goes on and adds to that. He's not going to be moved by this. Talking about Como. So what would be the use? Question mark. Unbelievable. This is why Our Lady is here. This is why Our Lady is making some moves of apostles. And I'll go deeper into it in a little while, and you'll see some profound things that Our Lady is calling upon that can't happen in the church. The church has to be rebuilt. That was one of the earliest things Our Lady gave me. What was the purpose of our mission here? To rebuild the church. Why? Because it can't be rebuilt from the inside. We got this kind of doctrine, a high-profile cardinal saying these kinds of things. Well, it's no use to excommunicate him. Besides, he's already excommunicated. We know that. I know that. He knows that. But if you give example publicly and do a press conference, call everybody to it, he's officially excommunicated himself. That will prevent other people from doing that. This gives a green light. Nothing's going to happen. So there's more conversation. And then the interviewer asked Dolan, what about denying him communion? And I'm going to recite exactly the sounds he made and how he said it. Dolan says, well, look, uh, that's, uh, uh, er, you're making me, I don't rarely get restless, but I am. That's kind of a pastoral issue. See, he was being made uncomfortable. That's kind of a pastoral issue that I think one has to talk to him about. And I think proper people have. I assume it mean proper people. You just get one-on-one. Dolan continued. And uh, I'd, uh, I would be uncomfortable going into that rather spiritual and pastoral. But that is, that's a good point. What is all the hen humming about? Because he's in a prestigious position in Cardinal in New York. And he don't have the courage to say Como cannot receive communion anywhere in this state or anywhere in the Catholic Church. But I'm uncomfortable with that. He literally says, I'd be uncomfortable going into that. What are you talking about? This is what's wrong with the church. And this is why Our Lady is here every day, because she's having to rise up a body of people that will do that, that will speak out, that will evangelize the church, because the church membership is very sick and weak and cowardly. He ends that pastoral cop-out 
But that is, that's a good point. And then he adds, not denying him, he may already have said, I can't approach the sacrament. What are you talking about? Como's in New York, and he makes this assumption. Not denying him, he may have already said, I can't approach the sacrament. Oh, so he's got a conscience to kill babies, and now he's got a conscience not to go on communion on his own? I don't want to approach that. It's too pastoral. something personal. Give me a break. This is exactly what's wrong with our leaders. We don't have anything coming from the pulpit. I ain't said today, do not be afraid, Connor Dolan. And continue her word. She says, with your example, to defend the truth, the word of God, which is eternal and never changes. You're mitigating it. You're changing it. You're amalgamating it with the political situation you're in and the environment. Oh, I got to be careful. It's not going to do any good if I say that. Maybe he's already not going there anyway. You know what their comments were? There was thousands of comments. And one thing that kept coming over, Dolan is a coward. And he is. I'm not being disrespectful. I know who you are. You don't know who you are. I'm not taking your power away from you. You don't know who the power you are. I'm calling for you to use it. You're not doing it because you're afraid. You're afraid of your position. I'm not afraid of you losing your position. I know you're going to lose your position because you are that way and not exercising it. You're going to lose. Just like Jesus's parable says about the three men who were given talents. The one who was given one talent buried it and didn't invest it. His master says he was worthless. And the master took it back and gave it to someone else. You as leaders of the church are losing your power because you bury it. And it's been shifted to another group. Not your sacramental power. Your power to convict. Your power to explain scriptures. Your power to evangelize. It's being placed squarely in the hands of our lady's apostles. You reject this, go ahead. It will manifest whether you believe, accept, or reject it. It is unstoppable. And there's a major, major things our lady's doing. Very, very profound. You have lost the spirit of the scriptures. What is the spirit? In Timothy 3, verse 16, 17, it says this. All scripture... Let me qualify that first with what Ray says. Interesting enough, one year ago today, 2018, you, my children, return to Scripture. So let's return to Scripture. I just said Timothy 3, verse 16, 17. All Scripture is inspired of God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, corrections, and training in holiness so that the man of God so that the man of God, not the weakly man, the man of God may be fully competent and equipped for every good work. And what did our lady say today? And what is scripture? It's revelations. Dear children, the love and goodness of the Heavenly Father gives revelations which make faith grow for it to be interpreted that it may bring peace, certainty, and hope. In this way, I too, my children, through the merciful love of the Father, always anew, and showing you the way to my Son to eternal salvation. But unfortunately, many of my children do not want to hear me. Many of my children have two minds. That's what this is about. But I can't go there. But Como's not supposed to be receiving communion. 
You can't be bipolar with the church. Our lady goes to us and says, my children, apostles of my love, what are you afraid of when my son is with you? She's saying, go after it. She says, my children, live the gospel, live merciful love for your neighbor, and above all, live love for the Heavenly Father. That's what this is about. It's merciful to deny him communion. Nothing will shock his conscience except excommunication publicly, acknowledging that, and say, you will not go into communion. Don't worry about them. Oh, he wants to use. Let him do that. That's his problem. So I'm going back to Timothy. It says, I charge you to preach the word, to stay with this task, whether convenient or inconvenient. You can't be of two minds. You have to be I, I, one with God, one with Our Lady, one with everything she's teaching us, one with the scriptures. When it's inconvenient, and that's what he's saying. I'm uncomfortable with this. I, or, uh, uh, that, 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 that. It's amazing. So if you're doubting me, listen to his own clip. Listen to his own word. This I'm talking about in the book of Timothy, and this is Cardinal Timothy Dolan. He's got everything to match his office to, and he's not following it because it's not convenient. There are calls from people in in the Catholic Church for uh, Governor Cuomo to be excommunicated mm-hmm. from the Catholic You're Church. telling me I get wheelbarrows of letters every day. I think that would be counterproductive myself. Uh, for one... Well, he's not following Catholic doctrine. There's my point, Steve. We would be giving uh, ammo to our enemies who say, this is an internal Catholic disciplinary matter. What about denying him communion? Well, look, uh, that's a... Uh, you're making me, I don't rarely get restless, but yeah. I am. That's kind of a pastoral issue that I think one has to talk to him about. And I think proper people have. And uh, I, it, I'd be uncomfortable going into that, rather spiritual and pastoral. But that is, that's a good point. So picking up after this clip of Dolan about stay with the task, whether convenient or inconvenient, correcting, reproving, appealing, constantly teaching, and never losing patience. But in the book of Timothy, there's a prophecy now of what's exactly happening now. It says, quote, For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but following their own desires will surround themselves with teachers who tickle their ears. They will stop listening to the truth and wander off to fables. And that's what happened. Coma has wandered off to fables because he's not getting the teachings, even if it's severe and it's enforced. So he's off in la-la land, as you might as well say nay-nay land, because I don't even know what is that anymore. The scriptures continue. As for you, be steady and self-possessed. Put up with hardship. Perform your work as an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Those are profound words. That's what our lady said. You, my children, return to scriptures. She's calling us to do that. She's made us apostles for that because we're not getting it in the church anymore. We need the sacraments. That's what we need from them. But we've entered into the time of fables and weakness and political correctness. And it's permeated into the church. So in what you're saying, what do you do with the words of Our Lady at the end of this message in which she says, Apostles of my love, May you always be recognized among all others by your hiddenness. 
Is she perhaps saying that when she says above, that she magnified the Lord for all that he has done for her and through her, it's not so much to stay hidden out of the fray of the cultural wars, but to make sure that you are magnifying the Lord and your own self, you, the I, is staying behind where the Lord is being magnified. Well, we stayed hidden. In fact, the message I quoted earlier, 1995, when I was with Maria, she gave a message for myself and the community and family. I'd been hidden. I'd been quiet. That was telling me to lead the community from being passive to proactive. Everything changed at that point. But it was because we were being recognized. I was being recognized. People started listening. It grew. I was hidden. I cared nothing about getting in front of people. I cared nothing about it. That's why I signed everything found in Medjugorje. Our lady said, be humble. I didn't want to be known. I don't want to be recognized. I don't want my picture taken anywhere. I have no interest in that. But our life and our witness, what our lady says, may you always be recognized among others by your hiddenness, love, and radiance. She will manifest. She'll put you there. People will recognize for what you are. I didn't choose to do this. This was not my plan. This was our lady's plan. I just said yes to it. And so we have people coming to us. So let me just interrupt you for a moment and read just one feedback that we received from your recent Medjinomics program, which was called Diabolical Speed of Evil. She says, Dear friend of Medjugorje, thank you for such an eye-opening broadcast. Truly, we are living in very scary times. If a baby is killed, what would happen to an adult who is sick or disabled? God protect us. We live in Miami, Florida, and would like to know if there is a prayer group near us. Years ago, we went to a couple of homes where you brought books and information, but then we lost track. We don't know of any. Please let us know when prayer groups are formed in our area. I would like to participate. We need to pray much and ask Our Lady to intercede for us. You have a gift of translating the messages. Thank you for sharing it with us. God bless you. Araceli from Miami, Florida. It's interesting that the words of Our Lady, she says, to interpret, and you've already spoken about that, interpret what the Heavenly Father gives to us, sends us through the revelation, also of the messages that we've had people from time to time be critical of you for that very reason, that you're wrong to interpret the messages they have said and have actually condemned you for it. So today, Our Lady clearly says God is giving revelations, and they are to be interpreted, which means applied to life. And then Our Lady also says that I, too, my children, through the merciful love of the Heavenly Father, she, too, is a revelation given by the Heavenly Father to show the way to her son to eternal salvation. You, as a friend of Medjugorje, have said these messages of Our Lady are essential for salvation. Our Lady clearly says today, these revelations are from the Father. And she's giving these messages for our eternal salvation because we have lost the way to her son. So in the midst of 30 years of you following these messages, writing about these messages, speaking about these messages, putting them into life, you're quite comfortable with any critic that says you shouldn't be interpreting the message. Why are you comfortable? In responding to them. First of all, 
I didn't choose this. Secondly, I never even could imagine myself in the position I'm in because this is not something I wanted to do. And I avoided it, giving my position to different people, different priests. It always came back to me. I was the hardest one to convince or where I'm sitting at this point, the position God's given to me to work for a lady. I didn't vie for it. I didn't strive for it. I never desired it. But once I'm convinced of wanting to do God's will and he showed it clearly, I stepped into it. And I'm not going to apologize for it. I know who I am. Who I am? Nothing. No qualifications. No PhD. No university training. I'm nothing. But I lays everything. And when you consecrate yourself to her with your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole life, your actions, everything, your wealth, everything you have, you become somebody because she is. And that's why we are being recognized, as she said today. Apostles of my love, may you always be recognized among all others by your hiddenness, love, and radiance. That was the walk. I don't care about talking to people. I don't care about going in front of people and speaking to them, but I had to answer that call because God put me in that position because I want to do his will. And that's what I was calling you to be. That's what she's calling you to do. But there are a lot of people who want to do that. They wanted to be in this position. You will never be in that position that way. The popes up until recently, when they were elected pope, the first thing they had to say, I don't want to be the pope. I deny it. You can't want to be the pope and be used by God. So the position is laid on you and is manifested on you, and then you have to wear it if you want to stay in the will of God. And so that's where this mission is. And you can't explain it. I can't explain it why it came out of a cow pasture and turned into the largest Medjugorje center in the world, the only place in the world that is preparing for the secrets, the only place where a body of people come and consecrate their life to this, February 25th, 1988, sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world. We are at Our Lady's disposal. And we'll say what we have to say of what Louis de Montfort talked about, that they will be people raised up in the latter days as Our Lady's apostles. Our Lady taught us how to fly. And that's what St. Louis de Montfort wrote about, about us as apostles. He said, quote, they shall have the silvered wings of the dove to go with the pure intentions of the glorifying God and salvation of souls. But I add to that, they will sleep amongst the clerics. In other words, we're not intimidated by the comos out there and by those clerics who are cardinals that might not like what I'm saying. But our lady says to speak. The so scripture says, do not to wander off to fables. And it says to come back to scriptures. And so as a body of apostles being raised up, our lady has done something very, very profound. Very profound. When our lady first started saying apostle, I had trouble with it. I didn't understand it. But the first time she said it was October 25th, 1993. She invites that point. Four years later, March 25th, 1997, she says, become. So it's invite, now become. One year later again, March 25th, 98, she says, I desire you to become. 
So it's just progression from invite to become. I desire you to become. A little over another year, November 25th, 1999, a lady says, become my apostles. So a lady says, 93, invite. 97, you become. 98, I desire you to become. And then 99, you will become my apostles. She still didn't say you're there. You will become. After 99, Our Lady starts saying more and more about the apostles. Increasing the number to this date, Our Lady has said it 129 times. This is not a little matter. This is very important for you to learn this. Very big thing to understand who you are and why we are what we are. Because what we need out of the church is not there. So Our Lady's raising up this body of people. And then here comes the big thing. Our Lady sets everything up. It's an atomic turbo staged circumstance that Our Lady does on April 2nd, 2005. For the first time, she says on that date, my apostles. She didn't say become. She didn't say you will become. She says, my apostles. How did she say it? My children, but I will be with you, my apostles. That's the first time we see, literally, she says, your apostles. There was another message that comes up later from that where a lady says, you are my apostles. And to end of the message, she says, my son has his shepherds. What is the problem here? The problem here is the bishops are the apostles. See, Our Lady had to drop this as an invite. She had to start in 93 and be very, very cautious. Because if we say we are Our Lady's apostles, that can make a big controversy because the bishops are the apostles. They're the teachers. But Our Lady is here to teach us, to instruct us, to lead us, to make us teachers, leaders, and instructors. That's what the messages are about. But still, you might say, what's so atomic about that? I'll tell you what it is. Our Lady set a stage that she says, Today, my children, you are not united by chance. Who? The apostles. If you understand this principle, Our Lady said in 2016, nothing's by chance. When you understand that principle, and Our Lady says you're not united by chance, you'll understand there's no struggles with whatever happens because it's supposed to be. Struggles come only when you think it is by chance. We're together in this community because it's not by chance that we have togetherness. We quoted that message, September 25th, 2000, of what we are, praying community. Quote, our lady says, you will experience joy in prayer and togetherness. It's not by chance that our lady goes on to say today, the Heavenly Father does not unite anyone by chance. So it's not by chance that our lady says, you are my apostles on April 2nd, 2005. What happened that day? Think about this. This is atomic. She's given this message saying that for the first time, you are my apostles. She shifted something that day because something incredible happened that day. John Paul II died. Oh, she didn't just mess up her scheduling. She just didn't say, oh, John Paul, 
I didn't know he was going to die that day. I had planned to say this. What was the words? This is a very, very big thing. Pay close attention because this is going to make you get chill bunks if you reflect and you think you go deep into it. Why? Because this is what took place that day. On Mary Island's second of the month apparition, which is the first time we were actually called her apostles after all those years, our lady appears and says to her, at this moment, I ask you to renew the church. Mariana was shocked. You know what she did? She returned back to her lady. Can I do this? Can we do this? Unquote. And then her lady answers this way. My children, but I will be with you. My apostles. That's the first time she said it. And she continues, I will be with you and will help you first renew yourselves and your families, and then everything will be easier. And then Mariana responds, and that person ends, Only you be with us, Mother. Sounds so simple. But if you go into this, and she says, At this moment, what moment was that? The moment John Paul dies, that day, I ask you to renew the church. There's a shifting of something to her apostles, referencing us. A shifting of a power of conviction, witness, and leading for the purpose of rebuilding, renewing the whole universal church and the world. That can get you in trouble saying something like that. John Paul was the end of it. Because nothing Benedict could do, Francis can do, and those who follow can renew the church. Either these apparitions are false or they're real. If they're false, we can reject this. If they're real, you have to accept that John Paul died that day and our lady says, at this moment, what's going on in the moment? The biggest thing in the church, what's the biggest news that day? John Paul died. At this moment, I ask you to renew the church. Why would you have to renew the church if it's okay? Because she saw all the corruption. She saw all the cowardness. She saw the political correctness. And she has been preparing for this. I'm telling you people, this is so big. This is so gigantic. And that's why I'm in the field. I'm praying, what is the mission of Caritas? I'm begging Our Lady for years. From 83, I knew about Medjugorje. 86, I went to Medjugorje. I was praying about what was going on, what was happening. I wanted to do something. Medjugorje set me on fire. I started praying what was going to be the mission of Caritas. From 86, I went 87, 88, 89, 90. Those last two years before 90, I was begging, Mary, show me what we were supposed to do. I'm in the field, pouring down raining by myself. And a lady imprinted in my heart instantly the mission of Caritas. The mission of what we're supposed to do. And the title she gave it to me, it said, Rebuilding the Church. It was very profound. I ran out of the field. It was too much to remember for me. I had to go write it down immediately. And at that moment, there was no scandal in the church. We knew of nothing. John Paul had been leading the church. He was the peak. Everything was great in the church. It was beautiful. Nobody knew what was going on. Nobody had the concept Renew the church for what reason? 
hundreds of thousands of youth was going in front of John Paul for the youth festivals. Most popular man in the world. We hit a peak, but the foundation was corrupted. Everything we see today was there and growing. It was a monster. And that's why it is here. So this was manifested instantly, divinely. I've never said that before, because I like you said to be humble. But now we're in a stage and a maturity of Medjugorje. It's time to reveal things and truths. So this is what was impressed. This is what was manifested instantly. Rebuilding the church. Once in a village, there was a very old church. There was a law stating that there could only be one church designated on the site where the church stood. This posed a great problem, because the old church was in a bad state of decline. The old church could not be torn down and rebuilt because there would be no place to worship during its construction. Therefore, it was renovated age after age. But there came a time when the very structure itself became so decayed that it became impossible to make it sound. Nevertheless, there was no choice but to continually try to make it sound. New beams would be brought in only to be contaminated by rotted beams attached to them. However, a few beams, by nature's own design, were very hard and were able to resist the rot. New stones throughout the ages were also laid, some next to stones which were crumbling, and the new stones also became contaminated and crumbled. However, by nature's own design, some stones were very hard and able to resist the rot even though next to the contaminated beams and stones, and these stones gave some continued strength to the structure. Some who went to worship in the church were struck from falling beams or crumbling stones. Some were injured to the point of saying they would not come back. And, indeed, they, and many others, left the church. Those who remained faithful prayed to God and asked, What are we to do, Lord? Our own church is falling down upon us. We have continually worked to strengthen it, but the church cannot be rebuilt. There is so much decay. The people were distraught, sad, and in grief at seeing their centuries-old church going to ruin. Their suffering and tears moved God's mercy, and a great light shone into the hearts of a few of them. They met and told the others, God has given a plan to give us a new church. A great light shone into our hearts and revealed it. Great wonderment of how this could come about swept through those gathered. The enlightened group answered, We are to build a foundation around the existing church. By building around and over the existing church, the original structure would be left intact so that all can continue to worship while a new, strong church can be built on the same site around it. Once finished, we will be able to retrieve the good stones and beams from the old church and build altars and decorate the inside of the new church. Indeed, they did as God revealed, and a beautiful church rose up around the old one. The bad material was cast away. The good beams and stones were kept, 
making beautiful altars and architectural features on the inside. All marveled, because this was the same church, new, rebuilt from the outside, and yet the same old church, devoid of the rot. Our Lady also gave the founder of Caritas the interpretation of the parable. This parable speaks of the one true, holy, Catholic, apostolic church, of the impossibility of leaving it once you have learned this truth, of the crisis it faces with its need of rebirth, and yet too many priests and nuns, who are represented by the beams and stones, stand in the way of rebirth from the inside because of their disobedience to the faith and to its doctrine. New beams and stones being brought in represent men and women entering the novitiate who are contaminated in the seminaries and convents by bad teaching or by those beams and stones who are already in the church structure and are disobedient. However, some existing priests, nuns, and new novices are able to resist this contamination by nature's own design, which is their own and others' prayers. This gives them the strength to be pure and true to the faith, thereby resisting contamination and giving continued strength to the church. Those who were struck by those falling beams and stones are those who have left the church because they were led astray by those who teach and pervert doctrines or those who went to other faiths. They are at a loss as to what can be done. In their suffering they cry out to God, What can be done? Our church is being destroyed from within. God answered their prayers, giving them a special light in their hearts, which is Our Lady's coming to Medjugorje to not only rebuild the church but to save the world through a second Pentecost. The saints will be those priests and nuns who under obedience suffer greatly while their community order and diocese go astray. They represent the retrieved hard stones and beams which will adorn the renewed church as altars and architectural features. When revelation is given, it's not always understood. Time proves it. This given approximately 28 years ago, even if people read it, and many have, doesn't bring clarity as it does now, when we see how the church has rotted, has also contaminated those who joined the church, both on the religious sides and those membership. And many people have gone over to different faiths or lost their faith altogether. And this manifesting daily what the parable Our Lady showed that Medjugorje itself is the cure for this, the great light that was shown. The more Medjugorje is ignored and rejected, not accepted, more so will the church deteriorate. The more it's adhered to, the more it gives us the answer. Medjugorje has to be understood that it is the only answer. Before this, God would have given us many different paths. When it comes that Our Lady has to come and spend 37 years with us, this is the final answer. We are entrusted with the conversion of the world because she's been entrusted with it. And now that she's claimed us and did this profound moment of the death of John Paul, your role is so great you can't comprehend it. You have to run to Our Lady and to her plan. It's your personal plan. It's our plan. It's the world's plan. Our Lady and Medjugorje is the answer. We don't have to listen to Fox News or other voices. It's time to break out. It's time to green light Medjugorje. You can't sit on the sidelines. Our Lady referred to that. She wants us to be forward. It's marching order time. She's taught us how to fly. We are not to be weighing out consequences. What's going to happen tomorrow to me if I do this? 
No, you start flying, even if you start flying into the sun, run to her. She's taught us how to cry. She's teaching us how to fight. She has showed us everything we need to really be true apostles to rebuild the church. Gonna buy a boat and sail, and I'm gonna grab the world by the tail, and I'm gonna. is relayed to us very clearly she is the love of God descending down on the earth daily and that love has taught me and taught you how to cry life taught me with her cognition how to fight 
and time showed my eyes how to see. I'm not afraid because I am free. You are green-lighted. You are free to spread Medjugorje. You cannot be stopped. Don't let obstacles that you place in your way to prevent you to fly. The world depends on it, your family, and the whole universal church. Contemplate all these things. Study this message today and what your commission is. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the Radio Wave broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.